Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of In the Loop with Steve Looper. I am the trainer and an agent here at CRR, and I'm joined today with our managing broker, Monica. Monica, how's it going? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Thanks for having me. You know, it's almost the end of the week. Yes, it is. And we're nearly halfway through a year. Yes. Yeah, really. I mean, that's it. It's going to be over. We're going to blink <laughs> and another year is passed. So topics for today. We got a couple of good ones, but we're going to start off with, you know, it's easy to address what a broker looks for. And then when agents come into your office and they say, what do all successful agents possess? But as a broker, what are three of your top characteristics an agent should not, should not possess? Oh, boy. Only, <laughs> <laughs> only three, Steve? There's only a- three. We're, we're limited. We're, oh. It's a limited time today. Wow. So I have to categorize them. uh, My top pick. There's so many. I I think I think the recklessness that I see and experience from some some agents that don't learn what they're doing. Right. So I think the top one for me is not taking their career seriously. Ooh. I know that's deep. That kind of encompasses a lot. Yeah. I mean, that does. So if you had to break that down, not taking your career seriously. What do you mean by that? So it's the agents that have run themselves into some kind of trouble, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't have an urgency to resolve it right. and want to discount their involvement in it by saying, well, this is not what I do full time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I will say I, I don't like that answer out of yep. anyone yep. when it's like your go to answer of saying, well, this is not my full time. Yeah. And the other thing is, is I always tell agents, be careful about how you refer to what you're doing. It's one thing when you say you're doing a job and it's another thing when you call it your career. Exactly. And and I do agree, like if it's, this is your career, if it's your career, you should be putting in a ton of time and you should always be trying to better yourself. So uh, I do agree upon that. And how do you think agents could get better with that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think part of the recklessness, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's my top one that that I see and hear is, you know, they're they're not really looking at their customers as, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to say for lack of a better word, humans. Right. You know, they're looking at them as transactions, you know, oh, well, it didn't close right. Or, oh, well, I didn't get this term right listed right into the contract. We're not doctors, right? So exactly. it's not like, uh, you know, the doctor goes in, he gives the news like, hey, your husband just died. Um, and, yeah. and then they just walk away like out of the room and it's nothing like these are real people. Yes. yes. Where it's a touchy feely. This is a touchy feely industry. Yeah. It's it's somebody's family member. It's somebody's loved one. It's somebody. Mm-hmm. It's it's my point is it's a somebody I, I I associate the recklessness that I see oftentimes right. where there's not enough care. And I, I think a lot of agents, too, is they need to figure out how to put themselves into the deal without putting themselves in. But I, I want them to remember, like, think about you as an as a buyer or think about you. If you were the actual seller, how would you want to be treated in that situation or how were you treated and if it was horrible, if you were treated really, really bad by the agent who was representing you, then you know exactly how not to do it. Exactly. But if someone was amazing, then you want to emulate them. You want to do exactly Absolutely. the same thing. So I, I do think there's a lot of times where I hear agents make statements that are kind of cold. Yes. Oh, my goodness. The seller's complaining. They're also in a stressful situation. 
The buyer's complaining. Yeah. They're making the biggest purchase of their life. They should complain. So, yeah, I, I do think like the recklessness, the the agent not taking their career seriously. And, and think about this too, is that this is what you plan on doing for paying the bills, right? You want right. to be as good as possible in right. whatever you're doing. I mean, you would hope. Yeah. <laughs> so what would be a number two? Okay, so that was my number one. Okay. For my number two, I'll go the other extreme. Ooh. <laughs> I'm intrigued. And you kind of touched on it. <laughs> the agent that is so passionate about their customers, they start oh. taking everything personal. You knew where I was going. Oh, they yes. They make everything personal. Yeah. There's a lot of I statements, you know, and, and I'm here to help. I understand that, you know— it, it it gets emotional. Like right. you touched on it. It does. Transactions get emotional. But this is why we're here. Right. You know, this is this is our, our whole reason to protect our customers best interests and not get caught up in the emotion. Exactly. And I, I try to remind a lot of agents is that when the deal is taking place, remove yourself. Remember that this is not your parent. This is yes. not your transaction. Yes. You're there to represent them. You're the buffer. So when that lowball offer comes in, the agent who responds with, how dare you? Exactly. <laughs> and and my answer as a buyer's agent is always, I'm just the buyer's agent. My buyers made a decision to put this offer in. I have to do what they're, they're, they're telling me to do. Right. I'm presenting an offer. Just take the offer, please, and present it to the seller. Right. And then let's see if we can bring the parties together. So I, I do agree there is a lot of like I statements. There's a yes. lot of times that the agent says, um, I, you know, I put a ton of time into this house. Exactly. How dare you bring this low offer? Exactly. Or <laughs> how dare you treat my buyers a certain way? And I'm like, you've got to remember you're just the agent, you know. And, and I tell a lot of two, like I had just had this deal happen a few weeks ago with an agent. And I said, this is not between you and I. Yes. This is not between you it's and not I. Personal. This is not personal. I'm giving you what my buyers have asked me to give you, which is they have a question. Please present it to your seller. And instead, the agent was yelling. And, and I said, we don't have to yell at each other. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, we don't have to be friends either. Oh, true. It's it's the we could be friends. I would love to be friends with you, but we don't have to be friends, but we don't have to be enemies at the same time. We just have to work together to bring the two parties and get a meeting of the minds. And I and I think on broker level uh, to resolve any type of conflict, mm-hmm. that's an obstacle. You yeah. know, so with the number one, either lack of emotion, lack of care in what they're doing, yeah. you've got to overcome that to get to a solution. And with my number two, the agents that make it too personal and too emotional, I've got to overcome that with the agents before we can actually resolve, you know, any type of dispute in a transaction. So those are. My so how often do a week do you think you get those kind of phone calls where you know the agent has taken <laughs> it too personal? Oh boy, I would say weekly. 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 Weekly, at least one. Probably several. Oh, <laughs> several. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll I'll. I'll I'll say it with this. With this market change that yeah. we that we're in, I, I am encountering more emotional. You know, the shift from our last market, I I think business was easier, mm-hmm. you know, to not say it's tougher, yes, no, but the agents that had ease in our last market that didn't have to 
put so much into their business plan, into their consistency, and they just had right. an ease with business. Now those are the agents that are having it tougher in the very few transactions that they have. And then I think it triggers more emotion, like how you reference, you know, oh, I've put so much time into it. Right. You know, so yeah, it it, it does wear on them. And, and that's an emotion I have to overcome before we can come up with a solution. So yeah. And another thing I tell agents to be careful of is if you are working with a combative agent, which inevitably, oh, yes. inevitably, you yeah. are going to work with someone who is difficult. And I, I'll tell a lot of agents I've only had in almost 21 years, I've only had two people ever bring me out of that that character of like, I'm trying to be nice to you. And I broke. But Reach it took a button. lot, right? It, it, it hit the button Uh-oh, and I broke. Triggered. But for the most part, I always tell them like, just remind yourself, this is only 30 days. Yeah. I've only got to work with this agent for 30 days. Even if they treat me poorly, I'm going to still smile. I'm going to be <laughs> nice to them on the phone because if they're a big listing agent, I'm probably going to encounter them again. Yes. I don't want to burn the bridge by fighting with them. Fighting doesn't get the deal done. Because they'll remember. They will remember. And and <laughs> I will say my first agent – over with that was probably within my first four years on my fourth year fourth or fifth year i had a fight with an agent and she held on to our fight for 15 years yes yes 15 years that she held on to it and she did not forgive me until i finally waited 15 years and i had to apologize because she held on to it oh boy i had to address it so i always remind agents Make sure it's not between the two of you. Exactly. It's about your clients. And and I think it's probably one of the biggest things that agents do is they forget why they're there. Suddenly they make it personal and they want to fight and they want to argue. And no, that doesn't get you anywhere. So what would be your number three? Oh, number three. I don't think agent to agent, you know, you may have this, you know, come up in transactions. But as as a broker, Mm -hmm. I think... When you're your own worst enemy, so that's our one, two. My third one is an entitlement to business. Whoa. Tell me more. That one's serious. So, (laughs) you know, agents not having, you know, the right foundation in real estate. Yeah. You know, and and I know how it starts. As a brand new agent, you're bombarded and overwhelmed with all of these recruiters and offers and we have leads and we're going to make you successful and we have this amazing system. We have, we have, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do this for you. So a lot of those agents brand new think that that's how our industry works. You know, they're going to be spoon fed leads. Yeah. And I try to bring that up. Actually, I just brought that up in class yesterday where I said, you know what, if anyone, including you, Monica, that if anyone said they're going to take you and make you into a multimillionaire, it's a lie. It's absolutely a lie. Totally. And being in this industry, I have, I've worked with several brokers. You're my third broker and my last. And third time's a charm. charm. But also that I've interviewed with other brokers and I always listen to what they say. The, the answers of we're going to make you into this star. How are you going to do that? What's the plan? Well, no one ever actually asked how it's going to happen. They just believe I'm going to spoon feed you leads. Where are those leads coming from? Yeah. 
How successful are those leads? <laughs> and I want to clarify. I know I, I use the word entitlement. And I know a lot of people associate that with a certain um, age group. It's, yeah. I'm not referring to an age group. No, no. This entitlement I see at any level, anybody that gets a brand new license, yeah. you know, and what they've fed. So I've had all ages with my number three. So, And if I had to pick one before we wrap up and move on to the next segment yeah. would be, I think that there's a lot of agents who don't take the time to read the instrument oh, that boy. gets the deal done, which is the contract. They don't read it and comprehend it. And that's one thing I, that I don't think enough brokers push, um, enough uh, seasoned agents take into account that even though you've been in the business 20 years, the contract changes. And enough new agents, they're not informed that when they're in school. So they get out and they're just I got a license and I'm ready to sell, but they don't read the contract. So I encourage agents, if you want to break free and make yourself stand out as an agent, learn the contract. Absolutely. Front and back, right? Absolutely. With that, we're going to take a break and uh, hear a word from our sponsor. Agents, would you like to close with confidence? If so, close with Integrity Title and Guarantee Agency LLC, where integrity is guaranteed. All right. Welcome back. So, now we're done with that. We're going to jump into our next segment. Now, our next segment is, I personally feel the market is still doing really well. Yes. How do you feel? I agree. Yeah, there. I hear a lot of like, uh, I see on social media, I've listened to a lot of agents. There is a sense that agents are speaking very negatively and the market's horrible and I have no deals. But I'm telling a lot of my close friends who are agents, be careful of the energy you bring into your business if you bring negativity into your business, you're going to get negativity out. And if it's bad, it's bad for you, but it's not bad for other agents. So you got to figure out what are they doing different that you're not doing? How do you feel about that? I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the and, and why I'm seeing it. The agents that are putting out that negativity, you're, you're going to reap what you put out there. So mm-hmm. you're going to attract what you put out there. Um, you know, you put out this constant negativity. You know, your business not so great. It's just amazing how that goes hand in hand. Yeah. The agents that are positive, that mm-hmm. are looking for new ways, you know, to better their business. They're saying it's a it's a great market still to buy, which it is. Which it is. Stay away from mm-hmm. hot words like on your social media and putting out about recession and the bad market. Don't put that out there because it's that's your perspective. That right. is your perspective on it. Well, here's the thing. The mindset is everything, mm-hmm. you know, and don't be influenced by just what you see on the news, right. you know, or what you hear from another agent. You know, what What I want to cultivate here with us are realtors that are doers and thinkers. Yeah. You know, before you just take the word of a fellow, you know, colleague, verify the stats. Yeah. You know, verify and see what exactly our market is doing. And I think that is another thing that agents should consider is if you're in a bad space right now with your business, consider the environment you're working in. And if you have a lot of negative voices around you, whether True. it's your broker, the the staff or other agents, surround yourself with other agents who are – they've got a different perspective. Yeah. The minute you walk into an office, you'll feel the vibe. And if the vibe is that, wow, people are busy, deals are happening, what you should take from that is if it's happening for them, it's going to happen for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that – 
Here are some things I want to talk about what agents could do to start cultivating new business for themselves or to set themselves up for success in this market. So the first thing is I want to get your take on being an expert in a market, being an expert, having expertise about, let's say, an area like College Park here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, You've got College Park. I tell a lot of agents that you got to remember in Aura, our board, we have what, nearly 22,000, somewhere around there, 22,000 agents. What makes you different than the other 21,999 agents? (laughs) What makes you more special? You got to find your X factor. And so one thing that I do push in class is that agents need to know an area. Now, so when you're going out with an agent and there's a difference between a realtor that is just selling property and the one that can sell the property in the lifestyle, and you've always, like like you said, you've always put that out there in your yeah. classes. It's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's crucial more than ever to be an area expert because that's what members of our public look to us. Right. There's a know, lot for. of buyers that are coming to the area. They don't know the area. Yeah. They're depending on you to tell them what is their life going to be like if they live. So like when I, I talk about like College Park, I, I remind the agents that you should know what are the typical homes that you're going to find over there? Yes. They're usually like 1930, 1950 bungalows. Yes. You might probably want to know that. If uh, What's the construction? There's a lot of wood frame over there, crawl spaces. Yeah. With, you know? the, with the older bungalows, if you have a, a fam- like a family or a couple mm-hmm. that say, oh, well, we want a split plan. Oh, right. you're, you're well, not What's gonna... tradition? Exactly. That's, that split plan wasn't created back in the exactly. 50s. Exactly. So why are you going to take them through that those areas? Right. So... If that's a must, right? Uh-huh. If that's a must. <laughs> but I also tell them at the same time, I'm like, you know, when a buyer gets there, they're going to say, okay, where's Publix at? Where do I shop at? Yes. Oh. You know, right here on Edgewater, there's going to be the mid-century Publix. It's one of the original Publix still left in Orlando. And so people love hearing about character. Uh, what do we do for the holidays? Oh, you know what? They close down the main street and they have Christmas festivals. Yeah. They have jazz festivals. Uh, where are we going to go for dinner? Actually, there's restaurants right over here. And it's good for you. Like I always tell the agents, if you have nothing going on in your business right now, instead of sitting home, waddling in pity yes get out get out get Mm -hmm. out there so preview five vacant listings five i always tell agents five vacant listings in an area because you're not disrupting a family you can just go in get a call from the agent get approval go into that property you're previewing it check it out see what they all have in common right and then from there go and have lunch go and have lunch at a local place Go and walk the main avenue. you got nothing else going on today. And during that time, if you have your name tag on, you're out there, who knows? You may meet a member of the public who's actually looking to buy or sell. You never know. Um, But I tell them, do that. You know, know the lifestyle, know the activities that take place in that area. Yes. And then when you're out with a buyer and you're – Showing them around, there's a difference taking them home to home. And then there's the agent who takes them to the home and then drives them down the avenue and says, oh, over here is where you're going to find a furniture store. Over here is where you're going to go and get your coffee in the morning. Over here is where you're going to shop for Publix. You know, like they need to know that. And by the time you're done, you get a buyer who's like, wow, 
we weren't even considering this area, but after everything you just showed us, this is the perfect area. Well, and you come across as an expert because mm-hmm. if you're driving around College Park and they're like, oh, okay, where can I go get coffee? Um, mm, if there's a lot of ums. Yeah, I got. let me get my phone out. Exactly. <laughs> there, but you know what? And I, I tell a lot of the agents, you can't do that for everywhere, right? It would be almost impossible for you to do every single little area. But start with a few, start with a few. Right. And I I remind them that, listen, think about your day when you wake up, look at your schedule. What is on your schedule for today? And if it's blank, fill it with something, get out and do something that's productive to your business. So today it's College Park. Maybe tomorrow's downtown Orlando, Colonial Town, you know, in, in here in Central Florida, they're doing a lot of these districts. Yes. So like hourglass and the milk district and and it's very trendy right now but wouldn't it be kind of embarrassing as an agent if you're working with a buyer and the buyer says i want to live over in soto and the agent says where's Soto? where's that (laughs) where's that at you are you going with that uh i've never heard of soto and the (laughs) and then the buyer has to educate you the agent right there you've lost them totally totally lost them (laughs) so with that going on to the next one would be Networking with other agents, how oh. how much do you think that really helps you as an agent? I mean, I'm networking with another agent. I love this. I love this <laughs> because I get this question asked all the time. Yeah. You know, when we put out socials and networking opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, I constantly get, well, what's the benefit about, you know, me networking with other agents? I mean, they're an agent. They're not going to yeah. give me any business. They're the competition. <laughs> and I'm like, totally wrong way to look at that opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. I tell on multiple levels for social media, I tell a lot of our agents, follow other agents on their social media platforms, Definitely. all of them. And don't limit yourself to just agents in Central Florida, right? Oh, yeah. You know, Texas and California expand. Why? For a number of reasons. One, you can see how they do their business and maybe they're a little bit more creative in their marketing than you are. Really, imitation is a very great form of compliment to that other agent. Now, you don't have to imitate it directly, but you can kind of see what they're doing and get a vibe for what they're doing and figure out how you can integrate that into your business. Personalize it. Yeah. And then the other thing is I tell them, you know, with Charles Ruttenberg, we have over 1,300 agents, right? Yes. 1,300 agents here in just Central Florida. Yes. And then – Our sister office, which is going to be in Clearwater. Over 2,400. 2,400? 25? A little bit over. 25? Yeah, let's say 2,500 agents. That's crazy. So I'm always telling our agents, don't miss the opportunity to network with Clearwater because maybe they have an agent or a buyer who's moving to Orlando. Yes. So I've got a listing um, a few years ago from an agent in Clearwater. It was so easy. I didn't have to go on the listing appointment. He knew these clients for years. So he just said, give them a value. Go in there. I've already told them what the commission is. They gave them a full commission. Great. I didn't have to negotiate anything. And it was was the easiest deal. And it was all because this one agent was like, I'm going to give them to you. Just do the right thing. Treat them fairly. Do a good job. And then if you have anybody moving to Clearwater, I hope you would think about me. And I'm like, absolutely. So So, so how how about that? Networking is amazing. Yeah. You know? Networking, I think, is a key. Now, we could go on and on and on about the endless things that agents could do to better their business. But we've given you two. 
I challenge agents out there who are with our office and I challenge agents who are not with our office. Think about your business and what you can do to better it every day because believe it or not, the market is still on fire. Agents are still killing it out there and there's no reason you can't be successful as well. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank Monica for joining us. Uh, I want to thank uh, Byron with Integrity Title. He's here, you know, doing his part of uh, making sure that we're on schedule. And uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Talk to you soon. This is a Charles Ruttenberg Realty Podcast, from Gulf Coast to Space Coast. This podcast is sponsored by Integrity Title and Guarantee Agency, LLC, where integrity is guaranteed.